From the Financial Times in Paris, I'm Harriet Agnew and this is FT News. On Sunday, the independent centrist Emmanuel Macron will go head-to-head against the Front National leader Marine Le Pen in the runoff election to become France's next president. The two candidates took part in a bitter three-hour debate on Wednesday night that was richer in insults than it was in policy discussions. Polls suggest that Macron will win on Sunday by a comfortable margin, but the cloud of abstention still hangs over the contest. Meanwhile, there are more claims from the Macron campaign that the Russians are interfering in the election. And with the presidential elections almost out of the way, we look ahead to the parliamentary contest in June, where whoever wins will face the challenge of building a majority. With me to discuss all of this and the final stages of the campaign is Paris correspondent Michael Stoddard. So, Michael, talk me through some of the highlights of the debate last night. Well, what was really striking about this two and a half hour debate was its nasty personal tone. From the outset, Le Pen tried to present Macron as the candidate of the global elite. But it was all quite personal. She said he had a soft spot for radical Islam and wanted to turn France into a trading room where everything was for sale. It was pretty rough stuff. Macron tried to present an optimistic vision for France, but he also gave as good as he got. He called Le Pen a high priestess of fear-mongering and a parasite on the French electoral system. It was also notable they didn't really talk about any of the issues. At one point, amusingly, the moderator had to beg the two to talk about their education policies as they were exchanging personal blows. But the main takeaways were twofold, really. One, Macron won the debate. He looked presidential. He looked calm. He looked collected. Le Pen seemed angry and at times not in command of all her facts. A poll afterwards found 63% of people found Macron was the better of the two candidates. Secondly, it's probably not going to make that much difference in the end. They seem to be talking to two different Frances, and indeed they were. It underlined the central theme of the election, which is the gaping divide between the so-called happy France, the better educated French people living in urban areas who tend to vote for Macron, and the so-called unhappy France, the less well-educated rural voters who have fared much worse from globalisation, have been hit by the deindustrialization of France in recent decades. So in short, unlikely to make a fundamental difference, but it was quite good telly for everyone watching. And what are the polls saying? Might abstention play a role as well? The polls are putting Macron at around 60% and Le Pen at 40%, which is a huge margin that seems pretty unsurmountable for Le Pen at the moment. The one wild card is people choosing to abstain. Abstentionism typically helps the FN, whose diehard supporters are more likely to vote. And this week, many trade unions came out calling on voters to reject both candidates, and some figures from the right have been doing the same. This is in sharp contrast to 2002, which was the last time that the Front National made it to the second round of the election. Then a very powerful united front of voters from the left and the right came out to support the centre-right candidate Jack Chirac at the time. But despite the fraying this year of this so-called Republican front to keep out the FN, 
Pollsters say that abstentionism is going to have to be massively high for Le Pen to defeat Macron. Closer to 50% of people voting compared to 75% expected now. So in short, the time for Miss Le Pen to turn around this election is drawing to an end and she looks seriously unlikely to win at this point. What do you make of these claims from the Macron camp about Russian interference? What's the history of all of that? So as you say, during the debate, trolls and bots on Twitter began spreading unsubstantiated claims that Macron had a secret offshore bank account. This was denied by the Macron camp as fake news and there doesn't seem to be any evidence for it whatsoever. The Macron campaign immediately accused Le Pen of enjoying the patronage of Vladimir Putin, who had previously been accused of interfering in last year's US election to help Donald Trump get elected. I think it's probably true that the FN does have a good relationship with Russia. Le Pen was the only candidate to have met with Putin himself during the campaign. It's also possibly true that Putin would like her to win, but there's no real evidence that this was a Putin-sanctioned hit. Indeed, it is in the interests of the Macron campaign to present Le Pen as a Russian stooge and him as the candidate who wants a strong Europe against Russia. So we have to be a little careful here. But if anything, from a PR standpoint, this might have helped Macron a little bit. And once the presidential election is over on Sunday, what have we got to look forward to over the next few months? The big questions for the next few months are, assuming Macron wins, as the polls say, can Macron win enough seats in the legislative elections next month with his newly formed En Marche party to actually govern the country? Interestingly, a poll just today said he would get between 250 and 290 seats, which is pretty close to the 290 needed for a majority. If not, he'll need to find an alliance with another party or just govern on a kind of ad hoc basis. But in short, there are big questions about Macron's ability to govern. If he can't get a majority, this will seriously hamper his ability to push through his reform programme. The big question for the National Front, assuming they lose, is if this is the peak vote for the party. It would be the best that they've ever had. And you could argue that it's the best they might ever get after Brexit, after Trump, with the serious weakness of the mainstream political parties. Perhaps this was their chance. Or, arguably, you could see it as one stopover to power in 2022 as just building their base for the election in five years' time. One other question is if they end up dropping the policy of ditching the euro, which has proved an Achilles heel in this campaign. Meanwhile, the centre-right party, whose candidate was knocked out in the first round of voting, will be doing everything that they can to try and get their own majority in the parliamentary elections. Thank you very much for listening, and thanks, Michael. If you'd like to read more on this story, please visit www.ft.com forward slash French election. 